Yes. Looks like uh, looks like they're finding their way. Any of the uh, yeah, some of the biggerish kids, elementary. You're welcome to leave. You'll probably want to. Uh, good morning, happy Mother's Day. Love you, moms. We wouldn't be here without you. Um, shout out to my wife. Is she in here? One of my favorite moms. She's not here. Oh, there she is. Hey, happy Mother's Day. You good? Uh, yeah, it's been said it's not easy being a mom. If it were, fathers would do it. So, uh, yeah, love you guys. And um, yeah, I, I read a quote from uh, Tina Fey this, this week. It might, maybe it passed around a past year or so ago. And it just says, being a mom is maybe so tired and so happy. Being a mom is going to be so tired and so happy. And I think it just reflects a lot of moms that I see. I mean, in, in, in a way almost that you hide being tired, but you're so happy, but you're so tired. And I was thinking about my mom, and uh, I just, she had to be tired all the time. She, I, she raised five boys, so five boys in her house. For those of you who don't know, I grew up on the Jersey Shore, and she was just a mom to not only us, but to everyone. And she just seemed like she loved everything and everyone, and she always invited everyone to dinner. Like, even the weird friends we wish she wouldn't invite to dinner, like she invited over to dinner. And you're like, oh my gosh, please don't invite Dylan. Oh no. It's like, but she left, she left uh, gifts out for the firemen and, uh, who, who are, you know, at, at, at their station. I remember she leaves six packs of beer out for our, our garbage guys, garbage truck guys, because they were like, back in the old school, they'd ride on the back of the truck, and she'd leave gifts out for them at Christmas, or our, our postal guys. I mean, she was just loving to everybody. I was like, how, does she, how was she not tired? I'm sure she was, but I don't remember that as a kid. And I would think a lot of our children aren't picking up on that from you, even though I know a lot of you are tired because you just put on a happy face and get after it. My mom was like, always, the house is always open. There's always food going. The, the local lifeguards, we had these lifeguards that come into our town for the summer and they would stay in these barracks, and they kind of had to like fend for themselves. My mom would like invite all the lifeguards over. I think she especially liked inviting the lifeguards over for dinner. Um, and then like there's a surprise baby brother 16 years later, so I don't know what happened there. But it's like, but yeah, we were friends with all the lifeguards. Like she was just open house that way, open house. And I and I would have to imagine for my mom thinking about you know five boys and being and then my dad, who's a whole other situation. And then, like, just the community. Like, it just seems, like, impossible to have enough love for everybody. And I think, Mom, sometimes you feel like, this is impossible. Like, I can barely keep it together myself. Like, I can maybe give something to my kids I have, I mean, if you have a husband or however that your relationship works. Like, how do you do that? It just seems impossible. And yet what I see is, like, for my, for my wife and, I, and for so many of you guys, you just keep going. You keep going. And you basically do the impossible. Like, you do the impossible. Like, if I were, if I were to carry the load of what most and many of your you guys, moms are doing. It just seems like I can't do that. I know many of you think I can't do it, yet you do it. I can't do it, I can't get through this, and yet you do it. I can't handle it, yet you do it. You do the impossible all the time. And this is amazing, there's this story in, in early Exodus, and I was just going through some praying, and looking through some notes, what did we talk about on Mother's Day? And, and, uh, and I found this talk that I kind of did, did a couple years ago in the story. I read it. I'm like, oh, maybe there's a different angle there. And it's this, this early story of Moses. And Moses is like origin stories. Moses is Genesis. And this is early Exodus. And what's happened is, if you read the book of Genesis, it ends where there's kind of a happy ending for the God's people, the nation of Israel. And they're li living in Egypt. And, it's, and they're having favor. And they're doing well. But basically what happens over time is they start doing so well and too well, and they start having too many kids that their nation starts to get really big within Egypt. And so Egypt is threatened by that. And so the Pharaoh's like, we can't have this anymore. And basically they say, hey, we're going we're we're to cut this off now. And so what I want to happen is like all the firstborn uh, sons, they're, they're done. Let's, let's get rid of all of them. 
And, and the midwives were supposed to carry that out. They're like, I don't know if we can do that. That sounds pretty harsh. And he said, no, again, let's do it. We got to get rid of, we got to cut it off. We got to cut these guys off. And he issues this decree to throw all the, the newborn baby boys into the Nile. This is from the pharaohs, a gnarly, gnarly guy, scary person, and says, it's illegal to have baby boys. We're not doing it anymore. We're cutting it off. And it's sort of act of genocide to, 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 to squash the, the rising nation of Israel within Egypt. We'll pick up in uh, Exodus 2, it was like this. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi, this is a nation of Israel, this is sort of one of God's nation at the time. man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, as they do, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months, right? Because there's this act, this decree going around, so she hides him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and with pitch. And she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. And it says his sister, the boy's sister, maybe sister, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So mom is in distress here. She, she is trying to keep this a secret, right? I have to hide this, this little guy. I have to hide my baby or else something terrible is going to happen to him. But it comes to a point I can't hide him any longer. She's hiding him under her clothes and I can strap him to my body. And you can imagine it, moms, look at these wraps. And like, you can hide it for a while. But at some point, three months, like, I can't hide it any longer. And she just creates this, this, this basket, this like mini ark, and covers it up, and she puts it at the bank of the Nile. And it's interesting to note, I was just kind of reading through this, it says, she became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she's hit him for three months. Like, what if he wasn't a fine child? Is she like, ah, you know what, this guy's out. Like, what does that even mean? I was reading the King James Version, it says goodly. It was a goodly child. What a great word, goodly. It's a goodly child. In Hebrew, it's the word tob, and it, and it means pleasant, or in a masculine noun, a good thing. So when she saw it was a good thing, she hid the child. And what that makes me think and makes me believe is I wonder if for this mom, being pregnant during such an oppressive rule in a dangerous time, was there a thought maybe that had crossed her mind that maybe being pregnant isn't a good thing? Maybe this isn't a good thing what's happened to me because the Pharaoh wants all these guys dead. And that's, that is very concerning. And so she's carrying this, this, this little boy, which she doesn't know yet, carrying her child for, for you know, nine months, thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Can you think of the stress of that? The Pharaoh wants, if this is a boy, the Pharaoh wants him gone. And then it is a boy, like panic. But then she's, she sees it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right? She's stressed out possibly. But she sees it's a good thing. And I wonder how often in our life we're faced with a situation that comes upon us and we kind of think in our minds, God, this isn't good. This isn't good. She, she, she checks the pregnancy sense like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. Right? We all have these situations in life. This, is, this isn't good. This isn't a good time right now, God. God, I get what you're doing, but this isn't a good time. You don't understand the situation right now. You don't understand what's going on in government. You don't understand what's going on in the economy. You don't know what's going on socially. This isn't a good time. And she would be carrying that. But somewhere along the way, she opens her eyes and she sees this, this baby boy who would be Moses. And says, oh, it's a good thing. This is a good thing. This is actually a good thing. Right? So it takes us sometimes a little bit of moment, a little bit of revelation. So we carry things for so long. We sometimes worry for so long. And then you get there and like, you know what? Actually, it's a good thing. It's not that bad. This is going to work out. Our eyes are open. We know we see this is a good thing. 
Romans 8.28 says this, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So God can work these things out. We know that God causes everything to work together. And we have to tell ourselves that. It's because we, we question it. We tell ourselves that because we're like, oh, this is a tough situation. I don't see it working out. And the text says, yeah, he will work it out for those who love him. Verse 4 says this, his sister, the baby's sister, Moses' sister, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And I think of mom kind of saying, let's, let's trust God here. Let's, let, let's, let's see what happens. Because they're putting the, the, the baby, this, this little guy in the, in the Nile in a basket covering him up. And the sister is, uh, doesn't say in the text, uh, a scholar or somebody says something maybe, maybe around seven years older, maybe a little even older than that. But she's with mom, like, oh my gosh, we're putting this, this, we've had him for three months, this is my little baby brother, we're putting him in a basket? Sister stood at a different distance to see what would happen to him. Right? And mom's like, hey, we're going we're gonna to trust God. And she's just standing there watching. And there's an underrated element of our faith that asks us to stand and see what happens. Like, let's be attentive and let's expect something to happen. Like, we're going to have faith here. Sister's name's Miriam. We're going to have faith here, Miriam. Let's put your brother in the basket. All right, good luck, basket. And walk away. No, she's, she's watching to see what will happen. She stands at a distance. Let's see what happens here. I'm going to watch. Because if, if there is a God, and, and, and we are people of faith, and we do trust, I'm going to keep my eyes open and see how the situation unfolds. Expecting something to happen. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. So Pharaoh, again, the, the, this is really bad dude. And this is a hard time, yet there's, there's hope. Right? She's operating out of hope. Mom's operating out of hope. Because uh, there's hope in all things. There's hope in all things. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her tenants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby, and he was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of those Hebrew babies, she said. She's like, oh, what's that? Go get it. Like, ah, oh, it's one of those Hebrew babies. And Pharaoh's daughter would have known the situation. She would have known what's going on. She would have known about the decree. And so she has compassion in this moment for a mom trying to save this little boy. And I think about the mom here in this situation, Moses' mom. Like, did mom know this was happening? Was this a plan? Like, was this the plan? Like, Pharaoh's daughter comes down every, every day at this time to bathe. Like, let's just maybe float the basket over there, put it in the reeds, and like, let's see what happens. Let's give it a shot. Right? It's a shot in the dark, but it is a shot. It's risky. Yeah, it's very risky. But it is a chance. And this is faith. This is faith. Right? Even if she's a man, if she sees it and has compassion, I don't know if she will, but if she sees this baby and has compassion, this is, our, this is an opportunity. And she comes up maybe with this idea of like, okay, let's do it. We know she's going to come down here. We're going to put it in the reeds, kind of where she's going to be. And let's hope. Let's hope even in the midst of this situation something could happen. And she lets go and she lets God, not knowing what happened. Whether this was uh, really a well-thought-out plan, she knew the time and she was pretty sure it was going to work, she didn't know when she let go. Because at some point, you do let go. At some point, she put the basket in there and left in the reeds and walked away and said, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've done my best. I built this thing the best I could. I've thought this through the best I could. I'm trying to keep him safe the best I can. I've done as much research on this situation as I can. I'm making the best plans, right? I build the safest basket. But at some point, you walk away. At some point, you walk away. All right, this is a mom. She's done her best. And sometimes moms, when you have done your best, 
And you could walk away, you should be able to walk away with peace. I've done my best, I've done my best. And I'm giving it up to God. And you put it down and you hope, it, and, and then you watch. You watch and you hope. You hope and you watch. And you hope in all things, in all seasons, in all situations. This is hard. This was hard. I'm wrapping up this baby, right, my son, who I've been loving for these months, bringing into the world and putting him in a basket. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping maybe that something random happens, or I'm hoping that maybe Pharaoh's daughter will have compassion on him. So the sister, Moses' sister, Miriam, goes over, because she's, she's watching, remember, she's watching this situation. Sister goes over and asks Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? I love this little girl. I love this little girl here, right? She's, she's watching to see what happens, but then she springs into, into action. She's got her eyes on the situation. Oh my gosh, it looks like Pharaoh's daughter is not just throwing him directly into the Nile. Let me get over there. Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew, Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, go. So the girl went and got the baby's mom. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses. Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses I drew him because I drew him out of the water. Right, so Miriam, Moses' older sister, older sisters are awesome, right? They should be doing this kind of stuff. Approach Pharaoh's daughter, hey, should I get this, go get a nurse from you? Should I go get one of the Hebrew women for you? Right? She's suggesting, I, I can find someone for you to help this work out. Like she's, she's intimating that Pharaoh's daughter should become the guardian. Oh my gosh, you found this baby? That's awesome. Well, let me, let me help you figure this out so you can keep it. Like this is a bold little girl. Remember the detention here, right, of Egypt and the Pharaoh, and this is his daughter, He's not, not excited about Hebrew people. And the daughter is a serve in opportunity here. Right? And I have to imagine, we don't know much about the dad, but I have to imagine at least she, got, she at least got some of that from her mom. Right? She's hanging out with mom, comes together with this, this, this plan to put him in a basket, maybe to time it with, with Pharaoh's daughter. And she sits there and she's watching. And then, All right, here we go. It's on. It's game time. Something's happening. There is an opportunity. She didn't just sit back like, oh my gosh, I hope, I hope she keeps him. She's like, I'm going to get over there and basically make her keep him. I love that. And I don't picture Moses' mom, Hebrew mom, in panic here. Now, maybe internally, because she's a mom, and moms panic internally, but a lot of times they look great on the outside. And Miriam seemed to be comfortable with the daughter, so maybe a mom was, was too. Right? Maybe she was... She was kind of walking the walk, like, all right, we're going to trust God. because These are people of faith. We're going to trust God. We're going to put him in the basket. We're going to leave it here. We're going to send it, and we're going to be okay with it because we're going to trust God. And I think the daughter was picking up on that. Moms, dads, parents, when you trust God, when you walk the walk, you don't have to talk the talk because they see it. They see you trusting God. You don't have to even explain it. They watch how you live. Daughter's watching mom. All right. They probably prayed a blessing over it, a prayer. Okay, we're giving this into your hands, God. And I was like, okay, I believe that. I believe that. And I'm going to watch. And if some opportunity comes up, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in. Right? This doesn't seem like a, a time of, of, of panic. It was a time of faith. And maybe she was faking a little bit on the outside to her daughter. Because you do that for your kids. Kids, you should, don't listen to that part. Sometimes we fake it a little bit. And that's okay. You should do that. You should do that. Well, I don't know. It should be Yes. Sometimes you just put on a strong face. 
Talked about that a few weeks ago. I was at Harmon uh, last week or two weeks ago, kind of up on one of the higher little trails. And I'm coming down. I see this guy coming up the hill, and he's, he's biking, and it's, it's evening, and he's got like a, a headlamp on. He's got the water backpack on, and like he's hustling. He's working hard. I'm like, gosh, that looks terrible. And I know we have some bikers in here like that kind of thing, but I was happy to be going down, and he's just, you know, hoofing it, trying to get up on his bike. And I'm sure his legs are burning. And he kind of comes around the corner, and he comes into view. <laughs> And I can see he's working really hard, but as he gets closer to me, and this guy's like in a, he's in a loose-fitting Aloha shirt. I really liked his vibe already. He's like in this Aloha shirt. And he gets kind of goes, starts going by me. He looks over and he has a huge smile on his face. He says, how's it going? Like, and he's in between, in between breaths. And I was so pumped about that. I was like, man, give me a drink of whatever that guy's drinking. Like he's, he's suffering up this mountain, but when he goes by me, he smiles and says, hey, how's it going? And as probably as he got by me, he got back to what he was doing. And it's hard, you know, that was a hard climb for him, but he, could, he, he still was friendly. Like, he's still positive. Right? And he's rocking this awesome Aloha shirt in the midst of, like, his, his struggle of his legs. And I think how many of us, especially in the church, like, just speak to the church and, and challenge the church, how many of us in the church, like, we can't even muster a smile to a stranger. Like, when people say church people are grumpy, that's terrible. We're failing. We should not be grumpy. Oh, yeah, but I was having a hard day. Yeah, we all have hard days can't muster a smile like to a stranger right up the barista the the, the the checkout person we just kind of dehumanize people who are serving us you don't bother to say someone's hi to someone on a walk and moms i know you I think you do this all day long it's like uh but you do it you do the impossible you're, you're you're hurting and it and it's you're tired and like your legs are burning and you just want to nap and like you just do it you do it and kids are blessed because of that and it is so easy. Oh, I've got a lot going on. And yeah, this, I, can't really, I can't really put on a smile today. I can't do it. This is for all of us. Listen, we all have a lot going on. But you know what you don't have going on? Putting your baby boy in a basket, sending him down river, hoping Pharaoh doesn't catch him and throw him in and kill him. Now, you don't have that going on. And I understand. I don't want to fake it. But you know, what a, a forced smile. Actually, sometimes good for you. Get those muscles going. Just do it. Right? And sometimes you initiate actions and emotions follow. Right? This is our faith sometimes. I'm not really feeling it. I'm going to step out. All of a sudden you feel it. You feel the faith. I'm not really feeling in the mood. I'm going to step out and do it. This is our marriage relationships. I'm not, you do it. You love. I'm not really feeling loving. You love anyway. Guess what? The love will follow. You initiate and you wait to see what happens. And so Moses in this story, it's crazy, right? She, she gives him up. And God works this situation for, for, for good in the sense of that she gets him back. Right? She's giving him up, and she, she gets him back to nurse him and raise him. And guess what? She's getting paid for it. Right? She's uh, just upgrading her situation. She takes a step in faith. She does the best she can with what she has, what's in front of her. And God takes and he upgrades the whole situation for her. And this is a beautiful story when God works things for good. And so this is a happy-ish ending, right? Because Moses is eventually given over to the Pharaoh's daughter, and the rest we know is history. This is how it was meant to be. But how important was that time right, that she was able to spend with Moses and bringing him up over those early years, right? Instilling that love of a mom and, and even an in, in, in idea of faith over him, prayer, blessing, Right, the community that she knew, 
Like, this is a beautiful story. When she gives him up, I believe she was trusting again. Like, okay, God's done it before. He's going to do it again. I'm going to trust this situation. I'm going to trust this situation. Let the worship team come up. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up a little early. We'll take some pictures in a minute. My mom, uh, I found this card from my mom. I think my aunt might have sent it to me um, not too long ago. And uh, I made my found at the house that I remember. My mom passed away a couple years ago, if you don't know. She was uh, 60 years old, so super old. Um, she wasn't old. Man, I'm getting some evil eyes. <laughs> she was young. That's, that's, that's what's so hard. She was young, 60 years old, and super young. And I found this card, and um, it's kind of this, like, it's cool. There's these vintage pictures on it. Like those are one, those are like one of a kind pictures. And and she made this card, and and she said, "Life's a trip, son." And it's me and my brother in this kind of amusement park car. And and she said, "I hope you always enjoy the ride, and you never forget the way home." And she said, "The older you get, the more I love you." And this was like, she just sent me this card seven years ago. Right? So I was like 29. I was old. I was an old adult, right? I mean, I was grown up. I had kids of my own, like well into that. Right? I was in my mid-30s. She sends me this card, and this still meant so much to me still. It meant so much to me. I don't have a lot of little things like this, but I have this. I have this, and I'm grateful for the time that I had with my mom. I talk about this with my, my family often. When you go through loss or seasons, it's easy to kind of focus on what you didn't get or what you've lost, but almost better to focus on what you've, what you've had, what you've had, what you've, what you've received, what you did get to. Yeah, there's some things that we're going to miss out on if you've lost your mom or loved ones. I mean, I'm grateful for what I had. I'm grateful for those years that I had. And I think there's a posture here for, for who's Moses' mom. like, I'm so grateful for what I had. I'm grateful for what God's given me in that time, in that day. I'm grateful for today. And now I'm just going to trust God for tomorrow. We just are grateful. That's all we have is today. To be grateful for today. This is what I have today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know how much more time any of us have or anyone has. But what I have is, is, is today. Right? We live in faith and in love today. Right? And we embrace that today. And so I just want to encourage all of us, particularly moms, like, you're doing great, right? You're doing great. I see your kids. You're doing great. You really are. Um, I see your kids who are grown, a lot of you guys. You're doing great. You've done a great job, right? You've done it. You've had great times. Is stuff going to come in, in the future? Maybe. Probably. Could it get hard? Sure. I don't know. But what you've had, you've done, it, done your best. You've worked hard. You've released. You've stepped back. You've allowed God. That's the way. That is the way. And it's amazing what he might do. It's amazing what the return might be on those moments. So God, we thank you for who you are and for your story and just the intricacies of it, God. But we thank you for those moments that seem impossible that you lead us through. And we see, oh wow, that actually was possible because you walk alongside of us. So I pray for those who are just hurting right now and... Um, gosh, just feeling stress or anxiety or doubt. Lord, I pray you just allow them to know, hey, you're doing your best. Great job. I'm going to take you from here. I, whoever needs to hear that right now, God's saying, I'm going to take it from here. Thank you. I'm going to take it from here. I'm going to take that from you. Thank you for what you've done. I'm going to take it from here. I'm going to take it from here. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you as we, as we close out. In your name, amen.